welcome back to the second episode nope. uh, that you did not ask for. You thought you were getting uh, the old Doctor Who show. That's what you were used to. That's what you were promised. That was the covenant that we had together, which we've shattered. Uh, as you know, last week when we did the first uh, inaugural episode of the old Doctor Who show presents... Uh, that's Dan is very insistent on that, but it also kind of <laughs> sounds like Dark Horse presents the yeah. old comic line, and we all know how I feel about uh, Dark Horse books available now. Uh, this is the uh, old Sandman show, new Sandman show. Dan, what's the name of our show? Because I don't the know. The old Doctor Who show presents the Sandman. <laughs> that's it. Episode okay. two. We're going to talk about yeah, and you uh, want to save Netflix's some time? Uh, Todws. Sandman or T O D W S S uh S. Uh too many S's and you get a Nazi vibe. We don't want to go for that, but just uh, T O D W S Sandman. It's hard to say Sandman and not feel stupid. As much as I love it, and I do love it. Uh it's hard to say the old Doctor Who show presents Sandman. It feels like we should be doing jazz hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's the same. I have no man. idea what you're saying at all. What are we doing? Well, Dan, this is our show. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, unlike uh, the old Doctor Who show, where we review classic episodes of a TV show made for children uh, from the 70s and the 80s and the 60s, uh, we're doing something different, and we're reviewing a show that's out right now. We've never been more contemporary. Yeah, I mean, and this is. I mean, I don't know who we're explaining this to. If you're listening to this feed. You're already aware of what we typically do. And yes, and if you're listening to this feed because you're like, oh, this is pretty promising. Not a lot of shows cover Doctor Who. Oh, classic Doctor Who. I'll listen for the first time. Welcome. <laughs> and you have 130-something other episodes to delve into. This one, however, is not one of those. This is one about Netflix's The Sandman, a, a series Eric and I have been looking forward to for well, yeah, I for, mean, for, honestly, for quite for some decades. Time. For, for um, decades. Uh, but before we jump into our proper Sandman show, by all means, if you're listening to this and you, you're you unhappy, uh, certainly let us send know. Send us money. If you're unhappy, send us money. If you send love us it, money. send yeah. us money. Right. Yeah. We did debate, should we have a second podcast stream? Do we do it on the same one? It feels like everyone's probably cool if we just dump this. In here, we're gonna this one if you don't like it. Yeah, it's cool. we're gonna it's do cool. uh, every show of this. Yeah. Uh, it does not mean we're stopping the old Doctor Who show. That is still oh, gonna no, go we are on. Contractually obligated yes. to finish that. It will still so. release uh, every three weeks. Freaks. Only now you'll have these in between. Uh, these things to these skip things instead. But yeah, anyway, this is an important show. If there was a Dune it's show, we probably would have been doing a Dune podcast. It's just. Who we are yeah. as people. Uh, Dan, Dan, how did you end up becoming a Sandman fan? Because I know you're one of the only people I know in real life that likes Sandman as much as I like Sandman. Yeah, so I, I wasn't into comic books at all, really, uh, until I went to school uh, in the mid-90s. And uh, I'd always liked um, Marvel Comics, so I started collecting some of the Marvel Comics. And so I was going to the comic book store on a regular basis every Tuesday, going to see the new books. And I was turned on to the Sandman, uh, I believe by a friend who said, you're really going to think this is cool. I got sucked in right away by Dave McKeon's cover art. Mm. Dave McKeon's cover art is just phenomenal. It's so freaking good. It's the exact aesthetic I liked at the time. I still love it. 
So from that, I was I was hooked. Went and bought the. Um, I, I forget where I, where we were in the actual publication at that time. So I went back and bought the the trades for the first few, and then I was collecting um, individual issues through the end of that and uh, and beyond. After the kindly ones, a few of the the stories that happened after that. So I got sucked in. I loved it. I've been waiting for some sort of filmic adaptation for years. And thank goodness it never happened until now because this, to me, spoiler, I love it. It's exactly what I wanted. But Eric, um, let me turn the tables on you for okay, a second. Okay, all right. I how, didn't know if it was going to happen. I felt like all of a sudden did, I got fired from from the podcast. You are not that lucky. You have to stick with me through this. So Eric, <laughs> tell me, when did you get into oh, uh, Dan, this comic book? Dan, there's a reason why we do this show together is uh, the commonality, the... Um, the congruency. Is that right? Is that the right sure. use of the word? Uh, Dave McKeon was also my entry into Sandman. I, like you, uh, was a fan of comics. I like you, too. I like you, what? Dan. Um, but I had read uh, Doom Patrol, the oh, yes. Richard Case and Grant Morrison comic. The comic that made me want to make comics. Absolutely loved it. Changed the way I sort of looked at comics and what was possible and so i was always someone that followed names so i was like i gotta read more stuff that grant morrison did which i found right after doom patrol i found uh, grant morrison and dave mckean uh did a comic batman comic graphic novel called arkham asylum which is yeah beautiful. and so that i is got great. that and when i saw the art in that i was like oh my god who is yeah this is a this is like nothing I've ever seen before, and that led me directly I think to Violent Cases. Violent Cases which was is great. A, um, Neil Gaiman, Dave McKean comic, uh, which yeah. I haven't read in forever, um, which I probably should revisit. It was either that or Black Orchid, which they also did together. Uh, one of the two. Anyway, yeah. that was like how I got to. Well, Violent Cases was like a really big deal when that came out. Like that, that was well received anyway. Yeah, like, I mean, people, I always so felt like, like an outsider indie, though. Still. Like I always felt yeah. like like I didn't know that it was well received. Like as much as I liked comics and stuff, I didn't have a lot of friends <laughs> or people <laughs> that like I would talk. So like for me, all of this stuff was sort of new and weird and outsidery. So like I had no idea whether that was. A big book or not a big yeah. book or whatever um but i ended up getting uh getting into sandman and i think i got into sandman probably later uh, i can't remember what issues mostly i ended up going reading i think trades and things like that i think i started to get into sandman and stuff like maybe junior year or senior year of high school but didn't really get into it deeply until probably my freshman year at college that would have been like 93 94 but needless to say it was it's still my favorite book it's something i yeah i guess it many times and we've talked about that on the proper show that i read it like a like a true fan and you read it like an animal on a kindle even though you claim no i have all of the books i don't have uh, all the books but so looking back here, you probably started collecting somewhere around World's End or Kindly Ones. I think I started around Kindly Ones and then started going back. I got the collections and then got some of the original um, issues because they were easy to find at the time. So I think I went back and started collecting around uh, Fables and Reflections. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, like almost all more. of my 
Sandmans are missing too from having lent no. them to people, and that's always a hard, Never. hard thing to to get to get by. So don't lend your things out, ever. Uh, yeah, hoard them. Right, hoard so them for yourself. And people then don't never care. Look at them again. People probably already know we like Sandman. They don't need to know. We don't have to. We're not showcasing our <laughs> credentials or anything, right? Sure. I feel like I am more confident about <laughs> Sandman though than I am about Doctor Who, even though I've been reviewing Doctor Who with you for well over seven years at this point. I I, I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, with that said, okay. I mean, do you want to just jump into uh, this? Would be episode two, right? Because we we had already yeah. done. Uh, if you if you didn't listen to it, if you go to our previous. Doctor Who review show. Uh, at the end of the show, we did cover um, episode the one. First episode. First episode uh, of Sandman. Yep, yep. yep. So we let's don't, just I don't jump know. in. Playing, we'll... Yeah, are we not hitting a button? We don't have a button to hit. No. We're used to hitting a button. How do we segue? I don't know how to segue, Dan. Uh, hey, Eric, uh, punch that raven. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is episode two, Dan. <laughs> this is Imperfect Host. I don't know what uh, that is. Directed, uh, really I like t- that. Punch the Raven That's is the new me. hit the button. Uh, okay, this cool. is directed by Jamie Childs. Now, my wife made a comment before. What does this have to do with Doctor Who, she says. Hasn't listened to an episode, by the way. Um, you know what it does? <laughs> Jamie Childs directed four episodes of Doctor Who. So we have what? Doctor Who directors, Sandman, you've got Neil Gaiman writing, you've certainly got uh, Clara, uh, character from Jenna Doctor Jenna Coleman Who. coming in later? Yes. Yep. Uh, so there are connections, but yes, Jamie Childs, who directed episode two in Perfect Host, has also directed four episodes of Doctor Who. I believe it is, uh, it's the later the later ones. Um, so not something it, from uh, Hartnell. It wasn't from the Hartnell era. No, then. no, yeah, yeah. But it was like, it was, um, you know, the, the either... The Chibnall years, so I don't know if it, sure. if it which season it was, uh, but you could. Hey, you all got internet? You go right to IMDb. Right? You type yeah. in Jamie uh, Childs, Childs, Childs. It's probably not Childs. Probably Childs. Childs. Uh The Time Childs. You know, like just add Childs oh and Time. Uh, nope. This was writ- uh, written by Vanessa Benton. Uh, after being in prison for a hundred years, Morpheus returns to the dreaming only to find it in shambles. Uh, Lucien, or Lucianne, uh, they yeah. changed the name. I'll, I'm sure I'll get it wrong, and I'll, I'll keep saying Lucian. Dream, yeah. G, uh, Dream's chief librarian informs her master that the books in the library have gone blank, and then the library itself has vanished. This was only one of many things, Dan, that went awry in his absence. Worse, worse many worse of the inhabitants that? of the Dreaming have also left. Morpheus attempts to rebuild his castle, but he is much too weak. He vows to retrieve his stolen items, his helm, his ruby, and his bag of sand. Uh, the locations of these, of these items are unknown to him, so he decides that he needs to call upon the Weird Sisters as we are wont to do. How many of us uh, haven't gotten day. to that point where I'm you so gotta call on the Weird Sisters? Um, yeah. My favorite characters, I believe, from the... Uh, books the fates wow uh you can call them by many names uh mm-hmm. dream then must absorb something that he created in order to gain the strength to call them and so he visits cain and abel and absorbs gregory now with enough power uh 
he uh, gathers an offering for the fates and learns from them that his helm was traded to a demon. His ruby was uh, passed from mother to son, and his fancy little bag of sand uh, belongs to Joanna Constantine, a name he recognizes. Dan, uh, with that out of the way... Uh, Boy, that was a pretty thorough summary you got thorough. there. I think, you know, we'll fill thorough. the space with these long uh, descriptions, so you'll... Sure. You don't even need to watch the episode. You just listen to I us. wouldn't even recommend watching it. I think Eric did a better job painting a word picture than... Oh, big budget. Well, then maybe that is a little peek into what Dan thought of episode. Oh, and I will pause and hit the brakes as I do, breaking up any kind of flow or rhythm. Yep. Uh, We'll (laughs) do, we're going to try to just review the show as the show. I mean, obviously, we're going to mention the comic. It's going to be impossible not to. But then at the end, I think it would be nice to like, then we could point out like how it was different. So if you yeah. if you're like someone that's only watching the show and you haven't watched the comic and for some reason you know you want to watch the comic and not get it spoiled although that seems you're do you got a lot of problems if that's like one of your ways to to go about this I got bad news for you but we'll put that all at the end and sort nope. of treat this as I'll be talking o- as its own I'll thing. be talking about it throughout um, yeah, Eric Dan will talk about it at the end but I'm going to ruin it as we go um, <laughs> because I, I can't that's where my brain goes so Eric um, no I no, wasn't keeping my think? hand about what I thought about this I I absolutely loved it I think oh. it was, the second episode was stronger than the first um, you know literal world building they have to set up all of the they have to set the table for the rest of the season uh, to explain everything so much had to happen in the first um, episode now we can kind of get into more of the characters and get into the things that I love about this. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. We got we got Lucien, mm-hmm. um, which in my head was always Lucien. Um, yeah. Also, John Constantine uh, instead of John Constantine. I, I still I'm not going to pronounce it right. So whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't think it matters, right? It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it was it was great to see panels from the comic come to life. Now I've mentioned this before. This is not a slight on the incredibly talented artists that brought this story from Neil's head into the pages of a comic book that I've loved forever. I don't love the art style in the fir- in uh, uh, Preludes and Nocturnes. I just don't like it. Uh, no, I, I disagree like with I, you. I, I don't. I know. I know. We've talked about this uh, slightly before. It's great. I don't it's love so it. It's so good, and I and and it's not we'll my have favorite. to table that for especially when we get to. Um, the uh what's the name of the hell episode i just watched i can't i'm blanking on the title. hope in hell a hope, hope in, in hell, hell. uh th- there's like a a non-serious non-serious is the is the wrong word but there's an element that sam keith brought to it levity perhaps that that contrasted so beautifully with like the seriousness of the matter that created mm-hmm this thing and and that's the thing that only works in comics i think i don't want to uh, telegraph because i've i've personally watched four you've watched more than i have i've watched all of them yeah. um so that's another thing i'm trying not to to delve too too far into other episodes but i do feel that it really works and um well, I, I i do everyone has a right to their opinion you're totally except wrong except for mine yeah you're yeah, completely yeah. wrong no, no well let me let me let me exp- explain what i mean i love what he does with the story. Like there are elements that are beautiful. You have, I, I'm looking at the comic now and just flipping through, but you have, you have Kane and Abel, Abel climbing out of, out of a, a picture frame. You have all these weird, like um, 
kind of almost visual gags or just just the way that he sets the scenery is is beautiful in concept. I just don't like the actual lines that are drawn to execute it. Like I think the ideas are incredible. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but there's just something about the messy style. It's really um I don't know. It, well, I don't yeah, I do can't speak I like, for, for Sam Keith, yeah. but he would probably agree agree with you because he leaves the book Mike Dringenberg who is really the proper artist for Sandman uh, was the inker on the on the Sam Keith stuff and then took over and to my uh, knowledge it wasn't like a bad breakup I just feel like Sam Keith didn't feel that he was the right person mm-hmm. for the book I don't know how Neil Gaiman or Karen Berger or whoever felt like I don't sure. really know the details but I uh, to my knowledge, it was, you know, he just, he didn't, he probably felt like you did that it wasn't a good match. Uh, now, for that the kind said, of stuff. though, but I love the inc- way he does the layouts incredible. and the borders and how he plays yeah, yeah, the yeah. panels, and, and I love his style. So. I, I love those things as well. I don't really like the, it comes down to the actual execution of some of these things. Like, I, I get what you mean, where I thought we were talking about, we're not going to talk about the comic, we're only talking about we the show. We should have just did um, the comic. <laughs> but anyway, but. I think you're. I, I I take your point that there is a good blend of the serious and the silly. Um, Gregory the gargoyle is drawn. Yeah, so- and the absurd, like the absurd, like there's so much more absurd element. And again, I'm jumping Absolutely. to the hell thing. Can't we? We got to no, somehow. No, no, no. We can't get there. Don't get one, there yet. Yes. Leave leave that for now. Leave that for now. Go. But like we, you have Cain and Abel. Um, and and everything that's so dark that goes on with them. So we're going to get to meet them in the show in just a minute. But, um, you know, the the constant menace from Kane at all times, and it, it to the point where it's this dark humor that I really like. So you have that going on, but then you also have Gregory, who's the art style, the way he's drawn, feels like a cartoon from something completely different. And one of the things I like about the Sandman um, series as a whole is that they do bring in different artists at different times. Um, just like... Morpheus will appear to dreamers differently depending on the dreamer and the context. I think that carries through to the actual execution of the books that we have different artists pick up um, up the the mantle as we go through. Even in some cases, the one shots jumping between different artists from book to book. Um, so I do actually really appreciate that. Of all of the art styles that that appear in different parts of the entire you know series run, these are probably my least favorite. Um, but because they set the groundwork for everything else that happens, it has a deep place in my heart that I really enjoy it. So, hey, now you know more about me. But let's talk about the show instead. Yeah, so we have Lu- so we got Lucien and Dream. I, I was going to say, the thing that led me off of this tangent, seeing panels from the, the book come to life, Lucien and Dream, uh, Morpheus coming from the shores of the Dreaming to the gates and seeing them you know, 100 stories tall with all the intricate carvings on them, dwarfing them as they come up. It, it is right from the book, and it looks stunning. It looks so well-realized. Um, it could be such a letdown, but uh, it, it, I think, was super successful. And that happens throughout. You go to the throne room, and it feels like the throne, from, throne room from the books. Even though there's not as much detail drawn to them, it's much more realized on the screen, it still feels the same. I think it was incredibly successful in in those moments. What about you? I mean, did the did that did the production design properly translate for you the feeling of of the books? And, oh, and the I characters? think so. I think so. And yeah. and again, I, I'm trying to approach it without on its own the baggage on its own. Sure. 
Um, and I thought it it worked really well. I also preferred this episode to the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked... Again, it's like, I want to talk about the comics, but then I'm also talking about the comics because they of make course. a number of changes to the comics that do make sense um, for, you know, for what they needed to do here. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, li- I liked it. I liked the, the characters of Cain and Abel a lot. The um, uh, Gregory is a much different character. The fate of Gregory, everything, that is all different. Can we just can we pause worked, right there? That worked can really we just, well. Can we pause with that? Because I felt like that was such a good change to the story. I, I actually couldn't remember. Yeah, until that, I, that was- I, I even... I even reread them not too long ago, and I still couldn't remember. Like, how does Dream actually get enough power to yeah, he, uh, summon, he burns summon their the contract? Uh, he takes yeah, he takes their their letters of commission, which is interesting. But in this, instead, he asks Gregory to sacrifice himself, and Gregory's on the screen for like maybe five minutes, but so well realized. And I had such immediate affection for this version of Gregory. In the book, it's like okay, it's just a gargoyle. There's not a whole lot going on there. In here, it's just like heart wrenching, um, and you know the the character design for Gregory really had this this passion in it. Like you could see him actually making the decision to say, "Yeah, I'll sacrifice myself for the dreaming," and I literally got choked up. Yeah, it's he was good. on and screen for it, five minutes in like a little bit of screen time. Like you can pack a lot or telegraph there. like the selfishness that is Dream, and that he isn't a good person really uh you certainly get a lot more of that later when you see how he treats his exes but you know that just one moment like that is a more impactful uh take yeah than the contracts which a contract always seemed like a kind of a goofy funny thing now like within the again it's hard to divorce comics from salmon of course salmon is so like all Sandman, it's all about stories and storytelling, and it's seeped in mm-hmm. actual comics themselves. You know, House of Secrets uh, and um, House of Mystery. House of Mystery were both uh, DC comics, like anthology comics, hosted by Cain and Abel. Uh, so that's where you know these characters are coming from. They're they're from right. stories themselves. Gregory was from the House of Mystery comic, I think. I don't remember who was in, maybe Swamp Thing may have started from House of Secrets. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know H- House Swamp of Mystery Thing actually was has... Kane. House of Secrets was Abel, and I believe Swamp Thing originated out of that comic. But anyway, mm-hmm. they they are they are very much a part a part of comics. Um, yeah. I I there there's also like with this particular episode, this second one, they do like a lot of really cool dreaming things like the when he has to go and get the offerings all of that stuff was almost you know right out of the book with the items and stuff but that bit where he's above the the lake i forget the name of the yes dreaming or whatever and he sees his reflection in it and he gets pulled down i thought that worked really well i thought beautiful within just a couple of lines you really establish the loyalty that Lucian has, and I thought mm-hmm. she's awesome. She, so she's far, incredible. Uh, she hasn't a lot of screen time, but I, I really like uh, the actress and how she's mm-hmm. playing that character. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you you get a sense of of her loyalty to him and you get a sense of the destruction and you can see how weak he is when he's trying to build the thing and he can and you see the reliance on the items and i thought all of that stuff worked really well i loved how they did the the weird sisters uh mm-hmm. or the hecate or or you know the, yeah yeah, the yeah. Maid, the crone and and uh and the other one, no, what's the, what's the third? The maid, the uh, crone, and the uh, the maid is it the maid, the mother, and the, the, maid, the crone, mother or the, maid? the crone, probably. So the maid, the maid, uh, yeah, the three yeah. and 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 the so three in one. I can't wait to see them. You know, without spoiling too, that won't be the last yes, time yes, yes. you see those. Uh, see them. Um, the the changes to like when you go into New. Do we go into New York in this one? No, we don't go into New York. No, not yet. Until the end. Uh, okay. So I'll save that bit, but I liked I mean, I it a lot. I mean, I, I thought I thought it it worked really well. I really started to dial in to the show, and I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just think it I think it worked well. The, the, I, I agree. Did you like Cain and Abel? I I love them in the book. I like these actors very much in the roles. I think they captured the spirit of it beautifully. They didn't get a whole lot of time in this episode, but the time they did have was really good. I was watching this with Joe, um, who hasn't read the books, will never read the books, had no real understanding of what this thing was that I've been excitedly blabbing about for, for weeks leading up to it. And he really enjoyed it as well. When, when, Kane kills Abel for the first time that we see on screen, the first fratricide. He's like, wait a minute, did he just stab him? And I'm just like holding it back because I'm so excited to see that happen, to see that that murder take place is just, you know, you see it in the books and it's, yeah. it's that it's almost like, it, I hate to say this because it's a running joke because it's not a joke, but it is in a way because Abel is so... Well, he says it later, like, what's what's a brother for? If this is what make, makes Kane happy, I'm happy to do it. That's what brothers do. Um, so it is kind of lighthearted in a very dark way. Uh, but he really enjoyed that as well, seeing, like, this is so bizarre. It's unlike anything else. And I think your point, like, the production design, when you see Dream go to the edge of, of the, the, you know, the shores of Dreaming and reaches in, and there, his reflection's animated and doing things that are slightly different than what he's seeing with this kind of dream logic to it, and he gets pulled in. He grabs the crossroads. I thought that was beautiful. That's right out of the book. He goes to the gallows, um, and that's directly out of the book as well. Um, there were some other things that changed. He needed to get like a black she goat or something instead of the snake and whatever. But well, so there, there was more of it. But the spirit was yeah, the no, same. The, the, and it snake, was so, the snake, the snake was in there, right? Was it as well? Yeah, there were a couple other. There were additional things that they, they left were out. Mostly a hundred percent. The ones they did were the same, but yeah. then they left some out. But it, but it was so beautifully done, so effectively done. It, it, it looked great. Um, so that was that was that was really fun. The other, so talking about, I think we should talk about the changes as we go along. Yeah, I so, say forget it. Forget the. About... We won't talk about the the changes at <laughs> the end. Missed, They're going to be mixed in. It was a stupid idea. Dan's made me feel uh, yep. so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, don't worry. No, We're going to have a long conversation about. They this changed afterwards. a number of things, like minor things. You in the book, uh, yes, he is found by Gregory, and yes. you see Cain and Abel first. They're taking you don't care get of to him. Lucy and later that kind of change totally doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I think it totally is well, immaterial. I don't think it, I don't think it doesn't matter. I think it's a change that actually is effective because he's they're setting up Lucian to be to take on a larger role in the series than it does than Lucian does in the book. In the book, Lucian's more of a kind of a caretaker, more of a librarian. In this, and you haven't watched the rest of the season yet, but it becomes to become it becomes more pronounced their relationship with each other, 
And I think it pays off in a big way in the end. So having not seen that, it feels like a, a not con- a, an inconsequential change. I don't think it hurts anything. I think it's actually to no, the and it's just the, the show it's to rely just, on Lucy Ed It's more. just the order that changed. I mean, you get the same yes. scenes. It's whether you get or not the same beats, see, basically. Right. Who first? Yeah. Um, they also did some characterization changes that mm-hmm. I think, you know, like he doesn't stutter anymore. Like the whole one of the main characteristics. Oh yeah, that's right. Of of, of Abel. Uh, Abel is stuttering, and they removed it, and it's totally makes sense. And like I wouldn't have thought like. No, you know that that's kind of that's a completely negative you know, associating uh, a stutter with being weak and like all of these right. things that are right. packed into that that they got the character right and I think that, that yes. they didn't need to do that so like that kind they of got the relationship right yeah, which to- is even more totally important. yeah totally totally worked for me um, absolutely the bigger changes and I think work yeah. better in the show than the comic book are with John D because you see. Yes. Uh, John D and his mother's relationship more. She also yeah. visits him in Arkham Asylum, which in the is comic. not Arkham here. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's just something. Um, and she get, she physically gives him, and then dies her protection amulet. That happens right. in this one, right, and not the next one. I think that's, that's cr- episode. Um, two. that's actually episode three. Is it okay? We'll save all of that. It stuff. is episode three. It's okay. So. So one of the biggest changes that does happen in this uh, version of the story on the show versus the comic is we have the Corinthian running throughout all of the beginning of, of uh, Preludes and Nocturnes, which doesn't happen in the story and in the book until A Doll's House, which is the later episodes of the show. I like that they bring him in. I mean, what do you think about this? The fact that so most of this episode follows the issue um of the comic book, except we interleave throughout this story of the Corinthian meeting Ethel, um, John D's mother. We see her, she's a, an art dealer, sort of uh, perhaps a thief, but she's been doing this for decades. Um, but we see the Corinthian kind of sneak into her, her well-guarded uh, apartment and starts uh, letting her know that the Sandman is coming for his stuff and that he could potentially help her out. But that, that was a major change in this, but I think it's so useful for an audience that doesn't have any um, frame of reference for the show to have this one basic bad guy that runs carries us through the entire story, uh, the 10-episode ten, the ten arc. Even though we still have John D as another yeah, enemy, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's fine. I mean, it's, again, so much... It, he allows... It's like what we get when we get to Matthew later on and why you have Matthew the Raven who doesn't appear until later and yet he's with Dream the whole time. It's yep. the the comic has so many inner monologues, narration box, like things that you can't do. They do, certainly do a lot of work with Morpheus's voiceover, but mm-hmm. you can't literally have that the entire time. So yes. like having the Corinthian literally visit every important character and sort of sets himself up to be the big mm-hmm. villain that's going to happen, I imagine, at the end of the, you know, the the season. Totally makes sense. And, like, yeah, ad- yeah. adding that bit, I still don't love the part that he's out on his own verse, out as a result of Dream having been in captivity and with everyone else escaping. And speaking right. of everyone else escaping, we didn't mention, like, there's no mention of... Um, Oh, the notes. two nightmares. The two my the glob, notes are glob and terrible. Blo- is that right? Is glob it and, and and brute? Brute. Yeah. There's no mention of them so far having escaped. 
Um, but I'd be interested to see how that plays. Well, out. they but do. It, they do mention she. Lucienne does mention. She says the, things have gotten out, but they don't. I, does she not? not does she not say that there's three that have escaped? She doesn't mention them in this one. That it's Fiddler's Green and well, he, and, no, it's a different, and it's a different nightmare. And it's uh, okay. So they yeah, don't say that. They yet. don't say yeah, that. Okay. They, they just say that people I think have gotten out from from whatever. It's, whatever most have whatever. returned, but some are still. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. fine. I, I. I the the bits with um like the I Corinthian blanking on the Corinthian's name oh, I can't teeth eyes just get te- just call oh, teeth eyes teeth eyes teeth eyes you can't see that have teeth eyes yep it's fine but it, it, there's not a t- like the John D stuff is so much more engaging mm. and he is killing like like he is um, every time he's on screen it's completely engaging yeah. Um, so it's fine, and I look forward to seeing you know where it goes with the Corinthian and everything, but that Absolutely. that change totally totally worked, you know. I don't yeah, think yeah. It was necessarily, uh, anything that took it away. And again, trying to pretend that you're completely divorced of this stuff, like it totally check. You know, it's nothing that would feel too uh, expositiony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're right in using the Corinthian as that storytelling device was a good switch up because in the first episode, there's just so much voiceover from Morpheus, um, which is kind of, I, I know so much has to happen. There's so much exposition to get every, the stage set for the rest of the story. But I can imagine for people who aren't already bought in to begin with, that that could be a little exposition dump a little hard yeah. to kind of keep up with so this is a good change i think it's maybe one of the things that makes these later episodes feel more successful yeah, a lot now of, we're actually a lot of the changes, now we're rolling right a lot of the changes all sort of make sense he eventually he he does do that little doc thing when he goes to hell right later on but they just brought that element in so a lot of it is Bring just it forward shuffling things around that's why it's also get easy to get mixed up about like oh right. what point does the mom visit John D at the at the um, the hospital, right? Because it may not be if it's issue two in the comic, it may not happen till episode three, and trying right, right, to right. balance those things in our head. Do you want to talk about your girlfriends, uh, the the weird sister, the weird sisters at all? I mean, that, that I did, scene yeah. I thought Didn't was I done. So, I thought they were. But great. you did. But just were... getting into that, like the, the the three actresses, I think were fantastic. The the casting was terrific. Um, you know. Even just like the, the small things of the uh, the offering of the snake going up the arm and into the mouth of the mother, and yeah. then you know cuts back to Morpheus and come back again, and it's the maiden swallowing the snake. Just trying to illustrate to people who aren't familiar with the comic that these are three beings that are the same being, even though they're you know sister self and things right. like that. You get to play with that in the comic no, book in a certain so, way perfect. that makes and sense. It, right. To translate to the screen, it was great. Yeah, it I loved really that well. so much. It's, it's not the snake in the comic, but the same they eat Ideas. creature of some kind. And, and it, it yeah, yeah, up. yeah. But those three sisters, uh, the, the weird sisters from Macbeth, the calls of the kindly witches, ones at one like, point that's my one of my favorite elements of mythology and and stories you yeah know, the yeah. witches of macbeth clash of the titans the stygian witches from uh the myths like i love those characters yeah. anyway even before i read them in sandman and just seeing them on screen totally worked i love seeing different people's interpretation of them i think i've talked about the uh macbeth adaptation on the show um from 2015 did we talk about that i, I highly recommend so. it justin oh, okay. Kurzel's version of macbeth is one of my favorite 
filmed versions of the Mac. I, by law, I have to watch every Macbeth adaptation, uh, and that's currently my favorite one. I, I, the Coen Brothers one, I didn't like as much as I thought I was gonna like. Welcome to the Macbeth podcast right? with your host. I would do Sarah. a Macbeth podcast. That's my. I love it. I love it. Love also it. a really good Macbeth uh, adaptation, and I can't remember the director who did it. Uh, the one with uh, Picard. Why can't I think of Picard's name? I'm not good at remembering anything. I think my brain might be damaged. Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart's Macbeth is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that one. That was yeah, that was uh, that is a great one. Unusual too. Yeah. Yes, I like when people take. Cha- but we're not here to yep. talk about Macbeth. No, Although, not, like not. the witches do all connect. We can still talk about the. Uh, but I, I their like rendition of it was very cool. The whole scene was cool. It had like Beautifully a spooky done. energy to it, which I loved. Yep. They're very threatening as they are in the comic. Yes. And I and I, and I want them to keep like the horror of the show uh, going. So that's that's always been a concern w- with some of the other changes. So we talked about how you completely remove the world of DC Comics from this. So in in the comic book world there's a whole connection to the justice league that we're not getting and i don't you don't need it no let's not yeah so like (laughs) so the fact that they took that out martian manhunter all that stuff seeing new york though it was kind of always cool to see in gotham instead of new york and i did love the arkham asylum connection i'm a a huge batman scarecrow is pretty scarecrow being a part of it but it's it totally makes sense to keep this Separate. Separate. The, the DC connection was always very. Uh, it felt forced. In a yeah, I mean yes. It but, was nice to be able to borrow things from that and use that inspiration, but at a certain point, it almost felt like, oh, he has to contractually he has to mention a couple of characters per whatever. So it's right. great when to you're dealing in a comic, way. though. It was always kind of cool to see like when all of a sudden the art style would look like Jack Kirby when you were yeah. you know talking about. Uh, Mr. Miracle. In the book, like for anyone interested that hasn't read the comic, uh, he gets the ruby, or he goes to visit Mr. Miracle, right? That then leads to um, uh, Martian Manhunter, right? And I think then they, right. they, they, because the John D was Dr. Destiny, which Destiny, was like an yeah. old villain, which is also great about Neil Gaiman. He finds like this story when the Justice League battled Dr. Destiny and he had this dreamstone and then he brings that into his world yeah. and now that's a real thing and then it's in like some justice league evidence room or something where they get it versus now it's just in the police evidence room right but yeah i mean th- those changes don't don't do anything to, they they actually just help focus the story in a way that is cool in a comic where you can spend more time with it and you're probably already invested yeah. in the entire universe that's set up for this we need to k- take a much more straightforward approach to keep people um engaged and also understanding the sprawling universe that we're creating here so i think it was these were really good changes right. that another one is you only see, benefit the story you find out like the um the helmet that is stolen by john d's mother I should also remember her name. Remembered Ethel it last Cripps. time. Ethel Cripps. Ethel Cripps. Uh, she trades it to the demon for the Amulet of Protection. In the comic, uh, she actually leaves with Burgess's right-hand person. They're, together, they steal the money. They steal all of the uh, treasures of, of Morpheus. And then when they break up, she takes the ruby, 
and he you know he had traded the the helmet for the whatever the medallion of protection so they just made it they eliminated some they characters. streamlined it exactly yeah, there yeah. was no reason to keep that that other guy but something they did keep which made me super happy we mentioned before when dream goes looking for the offerings for the three sisters he also grabs an egg that turns out to be a gargoyle egg which hatches into irving Goldie the gargoyle. Yeah, which now I in just the, that's another love. like in the comic that is a love gift that. from from Kane, right? It's like yeah. the beginning of that. He gets a present, and he doesn't open it until the end after he's come out of the the grave, and then he gets Goldie. And now they have it come from Dream, which was nice. It makes Dream a little bit it, more redeemable. Absolutely. I mean, I I hate. I'm not. I, I'm trying not to reference anything that I've seen from other media. I've read reviews. I've seen some interviews with. Um, the actors and with uh, Neil Gaiman as well. I don't want to reference all that because you can go find that stuff elsewhere. But the one point that I do like, you see over the course of the comic, the change in Morpheus as he, especially when you come to a uh, time of your life, when he talks to death, there's a real turning point for him. But that, that change in his character from this dark brooding emo, whatever, um, to something that's much more, I don't want to say human, but at least has some humanistic tendencies, happens in this series faster and more, I don't know, it's more relatable. You can really see that in um, in the performance of, of Morpheus really changing over time. It especially happens more in the third episode and further and further as you go, it starts speeding faster. But just the fact that Morpheus decided, I took Gregory from you because I needed to, I'm going to give you this gargoyle as a present to try to make up for it. He didn't have to do that. Didn't do it in the comic, but it does show that this character's already changed from his 100-plus years of captivity and coming back to his world. And I think that's a great change yeah, for the character. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 like, the nice part of it, it went from Dream getting it from, uh, and took it away from Kane. Because Kane is this yeah. murderer and he gives him a gift and you're always like not sure what the gift is going to be. Like right. it's going to be something horrific, and it's not. Uh, redeems Cain a little bit, uh, and now yep. that's gone. Uh, but it's fine. It's all. It's all. It's I think, all it, works. but it works better for the character of Morpheus, anyway. I think. I think. It yeah. I, well. I, I anyway, I just love. I love Goldie. I just love that they have Goldie in there, and it's almost exactly the same as the comic, and flapping around, and it's just adorable. And I think that was great. Um, <laughs> Gerving, uh, the gargoyle, really great. Um, yeah, so that's that's really the most of everything that happens there. We do set up the fact that you know, Morpheus is going to start looking for his his tools of office. He's going next to find the sand. He's on the the dock um, by the shores of the Dreaming with Lucienne, and she asks him to take a raven with him. We did talk about in the first episode there was a different raven yep. um, that that dies that isn't in the comic. So there's this reluctance for him to even have another raven. I'm done with ravens. No more ravens. Uh, but that does set up Matthew for the next uh, episode as well. But that's it. I mean, that's I think uh, we got all the high points there. I do like the blending of of different elements. The story structure seems to be the, the major thing. We didn't talk about you know the casting changes they've made um, to the story because I don't think they actually matter. Having having Lucienne as a woman of color as opposed oh, to another yeah, that uh, white guy, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, and the act they cast such wonderful actors that they just make their own and really carry it off. So there's just not much to say about that. I think it's the structural things and and streamlining the story to focus it um, 
on these characters, focusing more on the characters as uh, and less so on kind of the horror of it all, I think was a really good change. But anyway, so right. I think that wraps everything up for the second episode. Yes, we're done with episode um, number two. So please let us know what you think. And uh, follow along with us on uh, Twitter. I'm E. Grissom. Dan, you are... Dan J. NJ. You can also follow us at... Don't forget to like and subscribe to what? Keep doing that. To our T-O-D-W show, just like you can find us on Twitter. T-O-D-W show on Twitter. That puts out completely non-Doctor Who related Content. Why would we stick to Doctor Who? Um, and also, you can uh, email us if you want to at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think about our yep. Sandman mini, mini arc of episodes here as well. Uh, look out in your feed. You'll probably see another one of these Sandman uh, episodes before we get back to classic Doctor Who um, on the regular schedule. So thank you very much for taking the time to thank listen to us, all. folks. We love you. We love you so much. That shook the town. Came became mighty jealous of Brother Abel. So he rose up and smote Abel down. Now the Lord sure was hopping mad, and yet he was plenty sad to think that he had a man like Cain. Lord spoke and showed his wrath. And Cain walked the path that led to a life full of pain. You can't run from the shadow of retribution. If you're bad, then you've got to tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sunday, I'm so alone. Don't have nobody to call my.
Mr. Sandman.